Welcome into a special midnight edition of Sportball with Squam, Stogie, and Skulldog. I'm your boy Sam. With me, as always, are these two, just look at them, pinnacles of human evolution, the best of the bunch. If your bunch is a bunch of bad bananas, it's Seth and Kyle. Welcome in, boys. All I gotta say is, it's been said before, but it's gotta be said again, put the fucking kids to bed. Honestly, right now. Because it is midnight and we're no holds barred. You won't see a hold barred. But with a Barbie hold? You might see a bud nipped, but never a hold barred. You'll certainly see some of Sam's chest hair. But I you gotta show the hogs before the final, right? I figured it's midnight. Let's show the hogs. Let the ladies breathe, I always say. Right. <laughs> so how you guys doing? Be honest. Pretty good. I got power here in Worthington, Minnesota. It has been off and on all day as we had power lines destroyed by or knocked over by a storm. Uh, so, yeah. Little I've been night. dedicating my life to Game of Thrones rewatch that mm-hmm. I've put off until the final week. So <laughs> He's since, against the gun. Since 5 o'clock on Tuesday, I had 42 episodes left to watch before the premiere I am now down to 28, and I plan on getting at least two more done tonight. <laughs> he has to watch 28 by Sunday. He doesn't seem concerned. I'm not. I'm really up for the challenge. This is my favorite type of activity. I, I finished the, the last one, the finale of season seven, last night. and then yeah, That's I, like, what, like an hour and 15 minutes for that one? Yeah, and then I rewatched half of it this morning because I had fallen asleep last night, obviously. It doesn't even matter if you fall asleep. You never know what's happening anyway. Whoa. Not when you watch them all at once. I think I've got most everything figured out, except why didn't Liana just tell her family that she was in love with Rhaegar instead of all of them thinking that she was kidnapped and raped and then Robert's Rebellion starting? I think it was just like she couldn't because it was an arranged marriage and she has no power like no woman do in that world who arranged the marriage me and kyle ah <laughs> i don't know if she had any birds at her disposal the bird is the word though it's i guess it's unclear like how soon she died after they got married you know what i mean i don't remember that much of that part i'm about 20 episodes out so about any of the characters see you guys are making fun of sam's making fun of me for not remembering and yet i'm the one who knows the most at this point you're not wrong says if i don't see you an arm's length from that microphone i send you back from this podcast what was that (laughs) (laughs) all right should we stop uh fucking around or what here huh sure now let's keep fucking around Uh, (laughs) so this is the NBA playoff preview Palooza podcast, as it is aptly named. Is it a big summer blowout as well? I think you know the answer to that. So (laughs) that being said, we're going to start with March Madness, if you'd believe it. (laughs) Great segue. He's not the best in the business for nothing, folks. Damn right. So we wanted to react to the championship game that was Monday, which went into overtime into Virginia. Won a thriller. And, um... Right, yeah, I just I want to get some thoughts from you guys. Kyle, why don't you start? I know you want to rant as you always do. I don't know. Uh, I'm just 
you know, we've seen a lot of talk about, first of all, I knew it from the start, the Virginia Cavaliers. <laughs> no one believed them but me and Nick. And Nick still didn't pick them to win, I don't think. So I was the only one to believe. I knew you'd be insufferable if they won. But I was still yeah. looking forward to it. Honestly. You know how much more insufferable I would have been if Duke actually lost in like the second or third round, like they were supposed to as well. Like Man, they're... you guys really lucked out. Let me tell <laughs> you'd be, you, you'd be unable to be suffered. I'll say that much. <laughs> um, yeah, great game. Uh, I think a lot of people thought it was going to be. Is it called a what do you call it, a barn burner when it's a, like that, or when it's is it a barn burner if it's a defensive struggle? No, or defensive. Anytime it's a close game, you could just think. call it. You could just call it a defensive struggle. All right. That was a barn burner, though. <laughs> that sure that was. was. a barn burner. Damn right. That was a good one. Um, yeah, I know you – well, what are your guys' thoughts? Anything? Well, I think we all want to discuss that out-of-bounds call because we all disagree yeah. on it. So basically what happened was there was uh, a play where a Virginia player knocked the ball out of a Texas Tech player's hand. I believe it was DeAndre Hunter on, uh, on the Italian guy from Moretti. Texas Tech. Moretti, yeah. And um, so basically he knocked the ball, but in slow motion replay, it showed that after he knocked it out, it grazed the fingertips of Moretti's hands. And I think both me and Seth feel that while that's, while that is uh, the rule, it's against the spirit of the game, you might say. Seth, did you get permission from your dad to read that email? I did. Uh so I talked, to my, I talked to my dad about this because he's a former high school basketball referee and just a fan of the game. While he's not guarding the Kingsguard, he's there, huh? That's right. <laughs> um, and um, saying he had a, a small revision from his previous email just because he remembered it slightly differently actually. than what was actually correct. I just so, want I want the opening of the email. I got you. Yep. Okay. So from my father, Joel Kwan. I sent. I texted him about it, and he responded in an email as he's apt to do. <laughs> he said, "Hi, Seth. I am writing this on my new iPad Air with attached keyboard." I love how he just starts off with a humble <laughs> brag about his new keyboard. <laughs> I remember Game Seven of the 2010 NBA Finals. It was actually Game Three. Mm. Late in the game, Pau Gasol. It was actually Kobe. <laughs> knocked the ball out of Kevin Garnett's hands. The ball flew out of bounds, and the referee indicated that the Celtics would keep the ball. The play was reviewed, and the video showed that Gasol, Kobe, hit the ball. But as the ball moved, of course, it touched Garnett's fingertips last. So they gave the ball to the Lakers. At that time, I stated that this was a fundamental mistake in the rule. Consider what happens when any player knocks the ball out of any other player's hands. I think that most of these times, the super slow video replay will show that the last touch of the ball was the fingertips of the holder of the ball. This is neither the intent of the principles of basketball nor of the replay system. By my hereby proposed new rule, it should be the case that a ball struck out of the hands of a player is considered to last hit the hands of the striker unless that ball hits another body part, knee, etc., of the holder of the ball. <laughs> Thus, the play in the NCAA championship game was called correctly by the technically microsecond by microsecond review of the action, but was not a good adjudication of the truth of basketball. Love that. So, 
I don't know what we what strings we need to pull to get that proposal in front of all basketball committees, but I am down for sure. I agree with his rule change, honestly. As long as once it's proposed, you let them know that it was written on a brand new iPad Air with an attached <laughs> keyboard. I don't think there's any way they deny it. They'll never respect it otherwise. Correct. I don't but know. Yeah. I, I mean, I obviously think, they like, called it correctly, but. Yeah. Okay, so. Sad, I was frozen. Yeah. The person has frozen him out finally. Um, but yeah, I. that's the right call. Yeah. I understand people don't like it or some people are just saying like, it's not the right call. If you look at the video, it hit Moretti's hand last. Like if oh, it's definitely the right call, you I just, can uh, go in there as a, as a defender and swipe a ball without actually fouling. Like it often is when it is often called, you should be rewarded for that. Yeah. Whether you have to take an extended look at it or not. That's my opinion. Yeah. I think, I think it was called correctly, but I just don't necessarily agree with the, the way it's written in the rules. Seth is back from the blizzard, and by from the blizzard, I mean he ordered a blizzard from Dairy Queen and is now consuming it in front of our very eyes. I just had to switch my Wi-Fi. I realized it was still hooked on to my hotspot from my phone. Of course. Jeez. Uh, any other thoughts on this game before we move on? Go who's. Nice one, dude. Thank Do we you. want to quickly talk about any players that we're excited to see in the NBA? I made an extensive list so you guys can talk about who you'd like. Uh, well, obviously Zion and yeah. Ja, um, which Seth always knew his name was Ja. Of course. <laughs> he, said, he thought it was John Morant. <laughs> well, what's that? That's when you know that you listen to too many podcasts without, like, I don't know. Reading the written word? Or, like, looking at a box score. And I even saw the name like Ja, and I thought like, oh, that's weird. I wonder if his like middle initials A or something, and they're just like, <laughs> doing J A, J A Morant in like headlines. Because yeah, Jora, when you hear it, it sounds like John if you don't like know, right? So I just heard it on a bunch of podcasts, and it was like John Morant, blah blah, blah John Morant. Yeah, fast yeah. like that. It sounds like John. That being said, sure. I knew his name was Ja the entire time. That's a weak excuse at best. Well, usually people say my name sounds like same when you say it quickly, but <laughs> I don't see it. Uh, RJ, too, I'm excited to see. Uh, really, the top three picks are going to be stars, I think. And then after that, most of them will be role players. Maybe there's some gems are hidden. Uh, is Carson Edwards going for the draft? Because I li- I loved watching him play. Uh, he hasn't announced yet. I don't know how well. But I think he does. He has to, the way he played in the tournament. The man might as well have been shooting the fire emoji into the basket. <laughs> He, I don't know why, but you said it was his hair, but I think it's just his style of play. He reminds me of D'Angelo Russell a lot. Yeah, I don't see the floaters as much, though. Yeah, he's more, he likes to finish underneath more than over the top when he drives, but I think I'm one the of the man, against, man from my heart, you know? <laughs> one of the color commentators said he reminded him of Derrick Rose. Mm. Oh, yeah, I could see that, too. Way better shooter, though. And not quite as explosive, but yeah. The thing is, like, the Carson Edwards, why I think he can actually, like, make it in the NBA is because the dude just, like, has no conscience. Like, he doesn't care. Like, there was a time where I'm pretty sure he went, like, 0 for 7 in a row, and he still kept shooting the basketball because he was like, the only way I'm going to make it out of this or we're going to win is if I keep shooting the basketball. So he just doesn't care. 
He plays like me when I play pickup, but I never actually start making them. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, I want to hear your extensive list, and I want to hear it now. So you already hit, obviously, Zion, Ja, uh, RJ, Carson. Um, my sleeper, who I think goes as a lottery pick, um, or, yeah, a lot of, not a lottery pick, a, uh, is lottery top 15? Why am I blanking right now? Top I do this 15. every podcast. Top 14. There you go. Um, our big guy from FSU, Mafiandu Kebengeli. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I no, think I I'm, saw him play, actually. Yeah, we were texting about him, so you guys know who he is. Um, but I think just his skill set, his size, his style of play translates really well into the NBA. And he actually, he didn't even start really for uh, Florida State. He came off the bench. He was like their sixth man, but he ended up, he he averaged, I think, like uh, like 26 minutes a game or something like that. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised when they see his name come up. But I, I know for a fact he's going to be a first-round pick, and I really think he probably goes as a lottery. Nothing would surprise me. He seems yeah. like the type that like really kill it at the workouts, and then people, you know, he starts to climb up the board. He's just like a really athletic, like, uh, like power, like he can shoot the three. He's one of those stretch power forwards, but he's like a freak athlete. So, so he's really want to, yeah, exactly. Really want to see Jarrett Culver serving up those butter burgers in the I NBA. I love when he serves <laughs> them cheese curds, baby. Some frozen yeah. custard over there. <laughs> um. And then I two others. Uh, I had Fletcher McGee, obviously. Fletcher. I just like to see him, you know, come off the bench and hit like four threes in a row for a team trying to make it to the playoffs, and he'd be the one that clutches it. He's really make up for what he didn't do this tournament, you know? Yeah. I mean, with a name like Fletcher McGee, he's got to be a star. Yeah. Fletcher Mathie. 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 And lastly, our boy from Houston, Corey Davis Jr., downhill bowling ball with them thick with the T-H-I-C-C oh my God. guys. Dude, that man, he whipped out the shorts from the 80s, and boy, it, <laughs> no, it worked for he, had, he wore regular shorts, but his thighs are so big, they just made his shorts look that small. <laughs> his thighs are bigger than my head, dude. I swear to God. Easily. God. Easily. <laughs> Those are the people I really wanted to touch on, so thanks. <laughs> <laughs> he just leaves the podcast. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> All right, let's actually get to the NBA, shall we, game? Because, I mean, that's what our five listeners want. That's what they crave. That's what they deserve. We're going to start the uh, the old big summer NBA playoff. Sorry. Playoffs? Playoffs? <laughs> Excuse me, I'm having a stroke. Uh, <laughs> the big NBA playoff preview. And then we'll finish off the podcast by going through our award winners for the end of the season. So let's start in the Eastern Conference. The first matchup is going to be the one-seeded Bucks versus the eight-seeded Pistons from Detroit. Seth, why don't you start us off? I want you to tell us which team will win in how many games. The Milwaukee Bucks will win in four games. Next question. I have the same. Kyle? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and um, oh, also what we're going to do for each matchup, which was an idea. I think, Kyle, you had this, right? Yes. We're going to have to talk about this in great detail because, obviously, I'm going to ask for what exactly are the credentials. The I haven't even talked about what it was yet. You're ready, you're ready to, <laughs> to ask about the credentials. 
So Kyle came up with this idea to make our podcast really long, basically. And what it is, is <laughs> for each playoff team, we name their regular season MVP and their playoff MIP. MVP being most valuable player, MIP being most uh, important <laughs> player, and MIB being men in black. So, <laughs> so the credentials are thusly speaking, Seth. Not that anyone cares and no one else would ask. The MVP for the regular season would be the player that you think is most valuable to the team during the regular season. What got them in this place in the first place? Who do you think is most important during the regular season? The playoff MIP is maybe not the team's best player, but the player you think can swing a matchup if they play really well and would be the key to them going far in the playoffs because they're a role player or a secondary star who needs to play well for them to succeed. Explained flawlessly. Are some questions that I have several questions as follow up. (laughs) Is the best player on the team disqualified from contention for the most important player in the playoffs? Uh, I did that, but you don't have to necessarily. I did that as well. I'm getting (laughs) strong pressure from by the two co hosts here. Well, you said you don't have to. Okay, is that it? Do you have any questions? That was his questions. No further questions, Your Honor? He's not speaking, but does he have any questions? <laughs> He's not even looking at me. So in, in things that are shocking, I'm looking over here to my right because I ha- took notes for once. I worked on the show beforehand. What on the my fuck? IPad. Here, look. I've been like, on his iPad. <laughs> do you have an attached keyboard? Like I do have an attached keyboard. <laughs> oh, my God. You can't tell. It just looks like a white screen because the lighting. Is that before the NBA commissioners right now? <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll start us off because since that's unclear on the concept anyway um, well, i'm just trying to think back if i want to change any of them that i have but i think i'm good okay great you do that and i'll start so so my mvp for the bucks is Giannis. that may shock you seeing as he's in contention for the mvp of the actual league oh my um, god to say here he's incredible and their best player for the mip I put uh, Eric Bledsoe because last season I remember him playing poorly in the Celtics series that they lost in seven games. And they very well may run into the Celtics again. And I think that if he plays well this year, that could be what propels him over the top. Because the spacing that the Bucks have not only helps Giannis, but Bledsoe has been doing some nice isolation work with all that spacing. And he has uh, some smooth moves that he can take to the basket. So I think that if he plays well, they can go, that, that'll, they'll reach their full potential. Should I go through the Pistons now too, or should I switch to you guys? You can go through the Pistons. Okay. So their MVP, I had Blake Griffin because he's their best player. And uh, is this just what we're going to do for every team? He's <laughs> their best player. And uh, he's probably on the all-NBA teams for me. And I have a shocker maybe for their MIP, Luke Kennard himself. He of the former Duke variety. Um, he's actually been maybe their third, maybe second best player over the last stretch of the season once they kind of figured out that they needed more shooting and spacing. And so I think if he plays well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe if he has the series of his life, they still gave him the love for a couple of years, you know? What yeah, about yeah. You? What do you? What do you have for this? You talking to me? I said, what about you, Kyle? But, I mean... Oh. I didn't so hear that either. So is that talking to me then, or? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm with you, with um, 
Giannis, obviously MVP. Um, my Bucks' most important player, however, I think is going to be Chris Middleton. Um, I think he showed last year what he's capable of, like in the playoffs, and if he falls off. Bledsoe hasn't been, you know, super reliable throughout the year, like consistently. Um, and are they going to have, um, what's his name back? Uh, Brogdon back? Or no? So. I don't think for the first series. Okay. Yeah, so I think, I don't know, I just think it's Middleton. But it's really a toss-up between the two of them. Um, Pistons. Uh, my MVP, that was tough because obviously Blake started so hot. Um, but I think like the second half of the year, Drummond really like just turned another a leaf. And like he had the average close to like a 20-20 for the second half or like at least the last two months of the season. They called it the Barbara Walters. He probably almost averaged a Barbara Walters, yeah. Um, so I lean Blake. But I could see both. Um, and then my most important player for them, that would have to be the other one of the two, Drummond. If one of them is off, like they're not, they're not going to win a game, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> sure. Seth, what about you? Yeah, I think we're on the same page. Obviously, Giannis. I have Blake as the MVP for sure. I took Middleton. I think um, it doesn't matter in this playoff series, but I think later on in the playoffs between Middleton and Bledsoe, they're going to need one of those two players to step up. I could see needing Bledsoe a little bit more filling in while Brogdon's gone, and depending on if he comes back at full strength. And then, yeah, I have Drummond um, in there as my most important player. I think that if they're going to have a hope for winning one game against the Bucks, it'll be because Blake has, like, 40, and Drummond has 20 rebounds, and they can just dominate the the paint yeah i had i had lopez penciled in here for mip as well because i think that um that they're going to try to put him in pick and rolls a lot with reggie and and andre and he's going to be able to defend those at a high level um and that's really the one question mark on him but on the other side he'll be able to stretch drummond out to the three-point line which will be critical as well so i think that if he plays well enough on the defensive end and stretches out drummond on the you know uh, to the three-point line on the offensive end that'll help them a lot and is this MIP for the whole playoffs or just this round? I would say whole playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> Checks his list, changes every name. <laughs> no, I mean, you were just talking about, like, matchups with the Pistons with for Lopez. Sure. But it's not like that it actually matters. They're... Yeah, but that, that, stra- that same thing applies to Embiid and Gasol and other players they will probably face in future rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to the next series, the number two seeded Raptors versus number seven Orlando Magic, coming to you live from Disney. So, Kyle, which team do you think will win in how many games? And why don't you just go through your all your MVPs? Just give me everything. Um, Raptors, obviously. However, I think the Magic can steal a game, so wow. I think it goes five. Um. I just don't know, you know, is Kawhi going to have to have a load management day during the playoffs, especially in the first round against the Magic? If so, I think the Magic could steal that game. Kyle, um, didn't, you tell, didn't you say to me if the Magic play the Bucks, I'm picking the Magic? <laughs> I said I was going to highly, highly consider it, yeah. I can't believe but you said that this me. isn't the Bucks, so I'm not picking the Magic. Oh, so you have your easy out now, I see, yeah. <laughs> I just think they, they – uh, 
for another day. Um, season MVP, obviously, Raptors, Kawhi. Uh, most important player, you already know, Pascal Siakim. Mm-hmm. Um, Magic, the season MVP, would have to be Nikola Vucevic. Uh, Vucci! And most important player is an interesting one. I mm-hmm. think it's uh, Terrence Ross, though. I agree. Sixth man for them. Dude's been lighting it up like the last like two weeks. Yeah. He's been hot. And the way that they win games is they defend that three really well and shoot it really well. And he's their best three point shooter besides Fournier. So if he gets hot, they could maybe steal a game. What are right. your thoughts, Seth? So I have Raptors in four. Definitely Kwai's their best player. Um, I think with respect to Pascal, Siakam or otherwise. Siakam. I think so. I picked Kyle Lowry as my most important player because I feel like Siakam has solidified himself as a consistent star on that team, uh, a two way player, if you will. Whereas Kyle doesn't perform in the playoffs. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so if the Raptors are going to want to reverse the trend of them folding, melt, having meltdowns in the playoffs, it's going to be because Kyle Lowry gets his act together and plays better than he ever has in the playoffs before. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of... So that's why I'm saying, like, I think Pascal's going to play well. I can trust Pascal to play well. But if, like, assuming everything goes as we expect, the X factor that they're going to need is Kyle Lowry. That's mm-hmm. fair. And then I have Vooch... And most important player, Vucevic as well, because that's fair. I thought about it, and they might as well just put a good showing out there. And the best way to do that is with Vucevic making it competitive or exciting. I had a strict rule, which I didn't stipulate at all to anyone else, that I couldn't have the MVP be the same as MIP. But if you do that, it's fine. It's fine. Whatever. I'm not mad. Uh, Disappointed. I agree completely with your Lowry point, Seth. Um, but I had as my MVP Marcus All just to hammer home the point that I've made several times that I think that matchup wise in the East with those teams I was talking about with Al uh, for for the Celtics, Joel Embiid for the Sixers, they need basically they need someone who can defend the post really well and even against Giannis. And I think Marcus Saul can slow down the best post players in the league, and that's something that the Raptors have never had before. And that just might be what they need to win the East this, this time around. So I think that's a critical thing for them. Uh, I have Raptors in four. I don't think Marcus Gasol is going to move the needle for the Raptors. I've said it before. I'm saying it again, just for the record. Yeah, that's why I said this again, too. <laughs> <laughs> is anyone recording this? Uh, okay. Let's uh, let's go to the three number three seed 76ers versus the number six seed Nets from Brooklyn. Also, can we mention that I picked the New York Knickerbockers to make the playoffs and they're going to finish with the worst record in the league with 60 wins? Matt thought they were gonna t- going to as well. So. so it's not just on me. Their last three games really looked good. Well, if I if I knew they were just going to go by the Knicks and not the Knickerbockers, I would have never picked them. Uh <laughs> <laughs> so I'll start on this one. I think the 76ers win in six. Actually, I think this is a bit of a series. Reason being, 
I don't know. I just wanted some interest. Okay, what does that make me? I think the 76ers are the better team, but maybe less prepared for the playoffs because they've only played with this team for half a season, you know? And how so, healthy is Embiid? Right, exactly. Embiid is, is, may not play in half or all this series. And they're just kind of, they might experience a few bumps in the first round just because they haven't played together too much. And I kind of just wanted it to happen. Um, so their MVP, I said Embiid, MIP, you could go with a lot of players for this. Uh, but I would say Ben Simmons just because in the playoffs we've seen we've seen that defenses do not cover him past 12 feet, and that really puts a strain on Philly's offense. So if he finds a way to work around that, then they can reach their full potential. If not, it's probably another second round exit for them. Who'd you say it was? <clears throat> I just went all. I just talked about ben all. This, I talked about all. Simmons this. for MIP. I just I'm didn't hear the name. Yeah. Um, so and then for the Nets, I have D'Angelo as their MVP. MIP, I'm going to go with Karis LeVert. I thought about a few other names, including I couldn't remember his name, so I just wrote down center with Fro. Uh, Jared Allen. But I'm going to go Karis LeVert because he had that grotesque injury early in the season and had a great comeback in his back playing, but maybe not to his full potential. So I don't know if he can be 85, 90% of what he was before that as a second fiddle to D'Angelo. I think that could propel them to at least keep this series interesting. So I'm just going to jump in because we had the exact same on all accounts. So I had Sixers and Six, Embiid, Simmons, D'Angelo, Karras. The only thing I will add is that not only will it be interesting to see if Karras Levert can be a second fiddle to D'Angelo, I feel like D'Angelo's production has slowed since Karras came back. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious to see if they can integrate that into the offense and allow Levert to be the player he was pre-injury while allowing D'Angelo to continue to blossom in the way that he did during the injury. For sure. Um, I think the Sixers will pull it out. But yeah, if Embiid is injured, if Simmons doesn't play well, um, if Jimmy Butler, you know, gets the ball at the last 20 seconds and misses, a, you know, they seem to just go ISO with Jimmy every time it's, clutch which maybe isn't the best i mean it definitely works out most of the time or some of the time but word so uh it's not seth it's the other person on this podcast um thank you rubio why don't you tell us why the nets are gonna win uh, <laughs> that would be a classic pick for you come on it would be and i really thought about that one too um no i like the six games Six-game call. One, don't really know the status of Embiid's knees. And I was just thinking, you know how weird is it is? Like the bee's knees or are they Embiid's? Yeah, you can call someone the bee's knees and they're cool. But if you call someone Embiid's knees, it's like <laughs> you, your ass, you know? Um, can we market that on some sort of t-shirt? I'm always trying to get cash. Uh, uh, yeah. It, yeah. I was thinking of the jingle of like knee cash now, and I couldn't remember what it was, so. We'll have something by Monday at a.m. Yeah. Um, MVP, obviously, is Embiid. Uh, the most important player is his knees. Um, <laughs> no, the most important player, I think, is probably Tobias. Or, no, I'm just going to stick with Tobias. Um, Nets, D'Angelo MVP. Mm-hmm. 
Most important player, though. You ready for this? Dinwiddie? Joe Harris. He's three men. Rondé, Rondé Hollis, Hollis, and Jefferson. Jefferson. Holy shit. Yeah, I think he's the most important player for that series. Yeah, because there's three of them. That's true. You get an extra man on the floor. Extra defender always helps. Plus, he's uh, their best defender, isn't he, I think? Or their best up, yeah. 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 He's just so, like, athletic. I don't know. It's just some days they'll play him, like, nine minutes. And other days when they finally decide to play him, like, 25 minutes, he double-doubles easily. Uh, so, Rondé, Hollis, and Jefferson were all players on my on my fantasy team this year for basketball. And they're in and, in and out of my lineup, like the vagabonds that they are. So, I'm really rooting for them in the playoffs. So, I'm with you there. Thank you. Um, all right. This is the big one. Seth, are Not you really. hopes down? Are you, are you all toweled off? Oh, yeah, I am. Okay. The number four seeded Celtics versus the number five Pacers. Seth, why don't you start off with this because this is your beloved Celtics who we have gone through so much tor- turmoil with this year. Well, me and Kyle have loved it, but I know you have struggled. Well, I've got Celtics in five. Um, I think having home court advantage is going to help them. And we've showed recently in the last few weeks of the season the ability to beat the Pacers. So I'm feeling reasonably confident, as confident as some as anyone could be after the tumultuous roller coaster ride of a season. For MVP, I think Kyrie Irving is our best player. However, I think Al Horford is more responsible for getting the team to the point where they are now, which is I one knew of the that teams. over your dead body would you put Kyrie as MVP. <laughs> <laughs> So, whatever that means, I guess that means I have Al as MVP. Okay. Even though I know Kyrie's better than him. Of course. Uh, my most important player is Gordon Hayward. How can it happen? I think he's the biggest X factor. He has some games where he looks like Utah Gordon Hayward. He's aggressive. He gets to the line. He's making threes. Um, and then some games where he's completely timid. So if he can turn a corner and put it together for an entire series, then the Celtics are going to be very tough to beat. For the Pacers, um, I wasn't sure where to put these two. Um, and with respect to Miles Turner, the odometer, I have Sabonis as the MVP, and I have... Boyan Bogdanovich as the most important player. I think I could even switch those. I don't really know. But I think Sabonis has been like the most consistently um, effective and efficient all year. I think Bogdanovich has been very impressive taking on the scoring load in Victor Lodipo's absence. And he's going to need to continue to do that at a high level and an efficient level in the playoffs if they're going to make a run. Mm-hmm. But I think Sabonis overall has contributed more to their success thus far. I agree, yeah. Um, I'll just hop in on this. I think this one was one of the hardest ones to pick MVP and MIP because both these teams have so many players that are important to them in kind of a good way for Indiana where they're just a collective group of players that are better than the, the sum of their parts because they they have cohesion and and they have chemistry, whereas the Celtics have so many great players that they haven't been able to mesh well together. So that makes this discussion pretty interesting, I think. 
I have the Celtics in seven. I could see this being a tough, tough matchup for them just because of what I talked about earlier, where Indiana just knows who they are. Everyone knows their roles. They're ready. They're prepared. The Celtics are a little maybe frazzled after the season they've had. Um, I think they're definitely the more talented team, though, and I expect them to pull it out. Um, I have Kyrie as the MVP because, I don't know, he's just the best player. And I thought it would piss Seth off to have him there. Um, <laughs> I knew the Celtics in seven and Kyrie back-to-back would really grind his girl. <laughs> <laughs> For uh, MIP, I have Gordon Hayward as well. I think what you said about him being the biggest X factor is right. I think it's maybe not hyperbole to say that if he plays very poorly, they might lose in the first round. And if he plays as well as he did in Utah, they're capable of winning the finals. I don't know. I don't think that's really hyperbole to say that, right? I mean, we can see a lot of outcomes of this team and it aligns how well he plays. Um, for the Pacers regular season MVP, I had Bojan. He of the uh, Bogdanovi twins, uh, who aren't related at all, but in spirit they are. And <laughs> actually, did you hear on the... Um, on the podcast, the Ringer NBA podcast, where Chris Vernon was talking about that apparently Bogdanovich uh, in, they're from Serbia, I want to say? One is. Um, just from the Balkan areas. Uh, that's like a Smith <laughs> over there, basically. So yeah. it'd be like having two Smiths in the league, basically. <laughs> well, I just, like, really, Bye. really, it's more like Johnson, because I believe like Bogdanovich means like son of Bogdan. Oh, okay. Much like Just that. like Olsen means sons of all. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, and then I have Miles Turner as their MIP just because I think that he brings a sort of rim protection. That's it. I've said my piece. And I'm happy with it. I am at peace. Excellent. Kyle? Great. Uh... So I don't think this game, this series goes as long as you guys do. Um, I think it goes five games. Seth does think it goes I five games. Yeah. Oh, okay. All I heard was Sam say, would you say six or seven? Yeah, that was really just to piss Seth off, though. That's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, so I got five games. Um, you know, you said Pacers know who they are, but we know who the Pacers are, too. So... <laughs> Everyone uh, knows they who are I, who we thought they were. The secret's out. Um, I don't know. I just think the Celtics are just a much better team than the Pacers, obviously, um, especially without Oladipo, even though, yes, the Pacers kept going um, once Depot went down. But just their competition for the year, they had to have had one of the easiest schedules in all of the NBA, just based on teams when I would watch them play, considering they'd be on TV the majority of nights for me. Um, are we brushing over the fact, though, that Marcus Smart got is out for like four to six weeks? Yeah, I'd rather I not talk it, about but it. I, I uh, counted on you to mention it. Yeah, he's got an avulsion in his somewhere. Don't we all? Does he have a torn oblique? Or um... avulsion in his oblique? Is that a thing? I mean, I am a doctor, so you could ask me. He has an avulsion of his left oblique abdominal muscle. Off of his iliac crest. If you wanted to know exactly yeah. where in the body this problem Oddly specific. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think it really matters for the first round, though. Um, and obviously, you got to go with Kyrie, Kyrie MVP, most important player as well, Gordon Hayward. Um, Seth, you brought up the, the fact that, you know, you don't really know what you're going to get 
if it's going to be Utah Gordon Hayward, then that's the whole reason that we think, at least me specifically, thinks that they have a very good shot of winning the, uh, the finals. Um, and over the last two weeks, Gordon Hayward has kind of been consistently like what the Gordon Hayward they originally signed was. Uh, he's averaging about, doing this on the fly, by the way, um, last two weeks he's averaging about 18 points, six rebounds, and four to five assists to go along with about one steal and half a block a game. Incredible <laughs> in podcast research. <laughs> in podcast mathematics, really. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, if he's going to be playing like that, especially in the absence of Marcus Smart, where he might have to take on a little bit more of a load. Um, I just like the fact that he's finally coming on at like the perfect time of the season. Um, And I think he's, you know, one of the reasons obviously that he is the reason if they make it to the finals that they could win the finals. I agree wholeheartedly with everything. Oh, I didn't say anything about Pacers. That's all right. They're out in the first round. I agree with everything you said. Let's not discuss that further at all. Thanks. Let's breeze through the Western Conference since we're 45 minutes in, and I think we're all sick and tired of being sick and tired. Am I right, boys? Uh, So the number one Golden State Warriors of Golden State versus the number eight Clippers of L.A. Um, Seth, fuck it. Why don't you start, huh? (laughs) Just do some goddamn work for once in your life. Jesus. I've got Warriors in four. I think the MVP is Steph. I'm going to say most important player is Klay Thompson. I almost said Boogie, but because he's kind of the biggest X factor. But even if he sucks, they'll still win. So it doesn't really matter. I think if Klay, like sometimes KD and Steph, like go back and forth who has a good game, but Klay's usually the one who's solid. So if he somehow like goes into a big slump like he was in at the beginning of the season, that might be worrisome for them. But I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think MVP for the Clippers is Danilo Gallinari. Um, I'm not sure who to put for most important player. I kind of want to say Gallinari again because they're going to lose to the Warriors anyways. So <laughs> there's no like X factor that can make a difference. So they might as well just be their best player, like doing whatever he can. You could throw like Montrez in there because you could say Lou Williams. You could say Shamit. Maybe he gets hot from three, right? But I don't know. No one of them are really going to do anything. Yeah, I think for this, maybe it's <laughs> which player from the Clippers can cause them to maybe steal a game against the Warriors. That's what I would say. What, uh, Kyle, what do you think? Warriors and four. Steph MVP. Most important player. I'm also with Clay Thompson on the same train. Um Regular season or Clippers though MVP I got my boy Lou Sweet Lou, um, and then the most important player in my opinion would be uh, Pat Beverly. Mm-hmm. Lockdown defense, lockdown. He owns real estate in the half NBA players' heads. <laughs> yeah, I have Warriors and four as well. Steph is MVP. Uh, I'll put Draymond as MIP just because this season it's get here. out. This season, it seems like he's dropped quite a bit on the offensive end as well as a step behind on the defensive end, maybe, even though I think he still has the talent to be elite when he wants to. But he's got to make some open threes, I think. So if he can't do that, then they may be in a little trouble. I mean, a little trouble for the Warriors might 
be a lot might be a a drop in the bucket, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how you thought I was going to finish that sentence, did you? It is not. Uh, Clippers MVP, I have Gallinari. MIP, I'll just say Lou and Montrez together with that pick and roll. I mean, whatever. Maybe if if Lou drops forty and Montrez is a as a Barbara Walters, I won a game. <laughs> All right, how about the number two Nuggets versus the number seven Spurs? Uh, I'll start this one. I have the Nuggets in seven, just to piss Kyle off because he probably has them sweeping. And um, their MVP is Jokic, obviously. MIP, I went with Jamal Murray because I think he's still their second best player. And if he he needs to be good for them to go far in the playoffs, I think. For the Spurs, regular season MVP, I probably should just put Pop, honestly. <laughs> I didn't. You know what? I'll do it now. Pop. And then uh, playoff MIP, I went with Derek White because he is this this kind of guard that they found after uh, what's-his-face guy injured? Kyle, you know the one. Oh, Jonathan Murray. Thank you, Seth. Uh, Kyle, your voice sounds different. So Jonathan. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Derek White is a defensive Jonathan star. Morant? Is that who <laughs> Derek White is a defensive stud and can run the pick and roll to perfection. So if he plays well, they may have a chance of upsetting the Nuggets. Seth. And by Seth, I mean Kyle. Tell me your thoughts. That's right, you fool. Uh, obviously, I got the Nuggets advancing. Um, I'm always worried, you know, when you play against Pop, you don't know what kind of tricks he's got up his sleeves. Um I still think it's – I know it's the Nuggets, and I'm going to say it's in six games. Um, so, regular season MVP, you already know it's big honey, baby. Uh, most important player, um, probably got to go with Paul Millsap. But there's a plethora of players that could be the most important in a series, depending on what they need. I think that just speaks to the versatility of the team. They have so many different players I guess do so many different things. Um Spurs, MVP, probably got to say LaMarcus. Uh, Did you know that he took over the um, team's leading per-game score the last game of the season after um, DeRozan held held that from the first to the 81st game? Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Just a little fun fact. Um, (laughs) Most important player for them – Probably, it's got to be DeRozan, I guess. If he's not hitting mid-range jumpers, then who is, you know? <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> so, what about you? I am a mix between the two of you, so I have Nuggets and six. Jokic is obviously MVP. I have Jamal Murray as MIP. Aldridge and DeRozan, like Kyle said, for the Spurs. Although, certainly, Popovich is the number one reason why they are where they are, meaning in the playoffs at all. Um, yeah, I think DeRozan, a long-standing <clears throat> player on my hate list, if he can hit mid-range jumpers at a clip never before seen, then maybe they'll be good. Agreed. Egregiously agreed. All right, how about the number three Blazers? Versus the number six Thunder. This matchup switched in the last day. Oh, actually. dang. I didn't even realize that. Holy shit. Am I right? <laughs> I would have thought the Blazers 
second year in a row would be the three seed. I would think that. All of this turmoil this season. I was born thinking that. I came out of the womb and I said to the nurse, Blazers, a third seed. Uh, 2019, baby. <laughs> call it. All right, so I'll just start because why wouldn't I? I have the Thunder in six. I think you could talk me into either team actually here because Nurkic is injured and out for the Blazers. But Paul George doesn't seem right either, and he's the Thunder's best player. So I think there's a couple key injuries in this series, and otherwise I think these teams are pretty evenly matched. Um, MVP for the Blazers, I have Dame, and MIP, I have Zach Collins, actually, because I think that he needs to fill in, you know, 80 to 85% of what, what Nurkic does for them to have a chance, really, and he has been in and out of the rotation this season because he hasn't quite taken the leap they thought he would in his second season. So maybe if he does take that leap in the playoffs, they have a better chance of being the Thunder. For the Thunder, I have um, PG-13, so put the kids to bed for MVP. And MIP, I have Russ because, I mean, he just needs to hit shots in the playoffs, and he's not hitting many during the regular season. Seth, thoughts? So I am taking Blazers in seven. Um, Talking into it. I need to be talking Well, early in the season, Paul George proved me wrong after many seasons of me saying that he was overrated. He ended up outperforming what all of us thought he was going to do, right? More recently, that has he's come back down to earth. Most people assume this is attributed to a shoulder injury. Um, reports have been that he's spent you know multiple hours getting his shoulder treated before games and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So I have, I do have Paul George as MVP for the Thunder. I also have him as MIP because so far throughout the season, it's been like with George on the court, <clears throat> the Thunder are great. Without him, they're terrible. Mm-hmm. So if he can be Paul George that we saw early in the season, then I think they'll have a chance. But I'm banking on him continuing kind of his mediocre for him stretch. Um, and showing us like he has in the past, whether this year it's because of injury or just regression to his previous self. But I think he proved my point for many years that he wasn't a top-tier NBA player. He was second-tier. So that's why I'm taking Blazers in seven. Obviously, Dame is their MVP, and I think I'm taking C.J. McCollum as the most important player, just wondering how healthy he's going to be and if he'll be playing to his full potential. I also thought about, yeah, who's going to fill in for Nurkic if it's going to be Zach Collins who can step up. Enos the penis. It's going to be Enos the penis. Can you play Cantor will be a question some will be asking. So I had Enos the penis down there as well. (laughs) With the name like the penis, it's got to be good. (laughs) Kyle? (sighs) Tough series, let Mm -hmm. me tell you. Injury-ridden. This would have been so much more fun if both teams were fully healthy. Um However, I do have – it feels so weird picking the Thunder. You know, at one point I thought they were like the second or third best team, and now it just doesn't feel that way because of Paul George's injury, which we don't know how healthy he actually is. Right. So I think I'm going to say the Thunder in seven, but I'm not 
like super confident about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be fun to watch though. I think um, this might be Blazers the series in the first round. Honestly, yeah, I think so. Next one could be close to, but we'll talk about it. Um, Blazers MVP, obviously, is Dame Dalla. Uh, Dame most Dalla. Of, most important player. I got the penis himself, Enos. Uh, I'm so glad he didn't get killed by that country. Um, yeah, dude, that was that was scary. <laughs> uh, Thunder MVP. It's got to be Pauly. Pauly George. The most important player, however, um, might be Russ. You know, mm-hmm. if Russ is off, you know, he's he creates shots for so many other players. So if he's not on, those other role players that aren't Paul George are going to have a much tougher time finding a shot or finding, you know, a hole. Um, so. I have no trouble with that, I can assure you. Good right. Thank you. <laughs> yes, that's my thoughts. I feel like Seth didn't laugh at that at all, but just had to begrudgingly admit it was a good one. It was a professional <laughs> encounter. Uh, how about, this one could be another closed series here, although I don't have it as one. Uh, this four-seeded Rockets versus the five-seeded Jazz. I'm very excited to watch this series. Kyle, I want you to tell me what's going to happen. The Rockets are going to win five games. Then they're going to go on to the second round and just get the Warriors done with. Stick a fork in them. They're done. (laughs) Slap a sticker on them. They're canceled. (laughs) It's cancel season. You already know. The Warriors, that's it canceled just like the lotion i have in my room um i'm not even gonna talk about it so people know it's canceled uh rockets mvp we already know you all james you, know, you love him jimmy harden uh why don't we call him jimmy i don't do. they call james jimmy's sometimes i do but yeah. we're close we're close all right well so james Jimmy Harden, uh, the most important player, Chris Paul's knees. Are they the bees' knees though? They're, They're more bees' knees. knees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Jazz regular season MVP. Um, that's tough. It is a tough one. Is it though? Uh, yeah. I think I'm gonna say Gobert. Yeah. And then the most important player is gonna be Donnie, Donnie Mitch. It's tough for me. The toughest thing to pick in this discussion actually for me was jazz mvp as well because i feel like they have, they don't have a chance without gobert on the defensive end and they don't have a chance on the offensive end without donnie mitchell because he's the right. only one that creates his own shot and he's their one high usage offensive player exactly so i just split the difference i went donnie for mvp gobert for mip with special recognition to ingles in parentheses because he runs their pick and roll when donnie's out and he's critical to them as the second he really player. only shows up in big games though you're never going to see a sports center highlight of him doing something on like the Knicks or anything like that. The only Stop time thinking. he's hitting important like big threes or goes on a hot streak is against the Warriors, is against you know the Rockets, something like that. It's so weird. Well, it's a good thing they're playing the Rockets then, huh? They're going to uh, it's the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> I have the Rockets in five. If you're ready to jive, and uh, MVP, I have MVP Harden, MIP Chris Ball because he needs to stay healthy for them to make the finals. PJ exactly. Tucker was up there on my MIP list. PJ is in my parentheses. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> that... I had all the same as Kyle. 
Thank you. Well, what the fuck? <laughs> what am I to you? Am Talk I a joke to you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it, then. That was the big NBA playoff palooza preview. Big summer. Blowout. Thank you. Let's go. Let's really close it up with a bang. The NBC, NBA end of season award picks. Now, how much how much time are we in right now? I, I regret to inform you we're fifty six minutes again. <laughs> I regret to inform fifty six. Mine says an hour four. What? Oh, that's when the that's the call. We've been talking to each other for an hour four minutes. Don't scare me like that. All right, so I would say for these these let's just we'll list our honorable mentions, but not go into great detail about them. Really, just go into detail about your pick, okay? Everyone? Great. MVP, who wants to start? I got Giannis. I think... That's, uh, that's it. He just leaves the room. <laughs> I think he's better than everybody else. All the other players. Out of all the players, Giannis is the best one. So... <laughs> so why'd you pick him, then? <laughs> Obviously, everyone has it, like, Giannis or Harden. I think yeah. Giannis is way better defensively and the difference between them offensively is very slim. I mean, completely different styles, obviously, but both of them are extremely dominant. And I'd rather have Giannis on my team. And then just going through the rest of my picks, I had Harden second, Lillard, Paul George, and Steph. No Jokic, huh? Whoa. Is that just to hurt Kyle, be honest? It was, yes. I wanted to hurt Kyle. Great. Dick. Kyle, get him back. Uh, well, I had Harden as my MVP. Um, just like you said, you know, there's so many arguments both ways for both Harden and Giannis, but I just think what James Harden did this year, you know, averaging about what 36 points per game, the most any player since Jordan, right, has averaged for a season. Which Jordan, um, Michael or uh, Michael B. Jordan, Jordan Clarkson, or Michael B. Jordan, um. <laughs> So, I think a lot of people underrate Harden's defense, too. Like, I don't know. I, I watched a lot of their games this year, and he was seemed a lot more active and um, engaged on defense. Like, he wasn't just standing there letting his man, you know, cut past him for an easy basket. He was with his man at every time during, like, defensive stands. And I don't know. You know, if it wasn't for Harden, this team wouldn't have been – even in the playoffs. Yeah, I know they, they ended up being, what, the four seed, but at one point they were up to the two seed. So, um, I, I don't know. I just think what James Harden did really solidifies himself as this year's MVP. Mm-hmm. Seth, what are you doing over there? The only thing I would say about the only other point that I put in Giannis's favor was that James Harden had this incredible stretch where he basically put the Rockets on his back and saved their season. But it was also, he bears responsibility for the Rockets needing their season to be saved to begin with. Mm-hmm. Right, Their whole slide in the beginning of the season has to be partially on him. And Giannis didn't have to save the Bucks season because he led them from the beginning. And that's why they won 60 games is because... He wouldn't, you know, they didn't go. They weren't like whatever, six and twelve at one point in the season. So, yeah, I mean, Harden for the first eighteen games wasn't playing as well, and that's just fact. 
this is race in recent memory and i think that there's no wrong answer here um but i'm gonna go Giannis with a slight nod um i mean he's he's averaging 27 13 5 which hasn't been done i'll bet you each five dollars it's hard and that wins it deal uh, okay deal all right <laughs> I'm, not saying, I'm not saying who's gonna win i'm saying who i personally feel should win so you think it's gonna be Harden? No, I still think it'll be Giannis. Okay, I'm I'm putting it in my my bets. <laughs> I think notes. that's those two things I'm in agreement. Um, yeah, I, honestly, although I wouldn't be surprised if it was either one, and I think they're both deserving. Um, Giannis is the best player on the best team. They have 60 wins, and he's also, in my opinion, the best defender in the league. At least, I mean, we can talk. We'll talk about it later in Defensive Player of the Year, but Harden. You're, I agree, Kyle. He has been better on defense this year. Uh, he's, I think, third in the league in steals per game. Um, and his post defense has always been solid, and especially so this year. But he's still above average defender in my eyes. Um, but he is scoring 36 points per game. I just think that a little bit of what Seth said about the start of the season and a little bit about how their team is slightly worse and a little bit of um, Giannis being the best defender really brings him up a notch above Harden, but I don't have a problem with either pick. Uh, my top five are Giannis, Harden, Jokic, PG, and then Steph. Kyle, you never said your top five, did you? It was those, except I had Harden first, Giannis second. Gotcha. All right. It's going to be interesting to see who wins. Uh, I think that it's Harden. It's going to be pretty split, don't you guys? I think Harden won. I think Giannis will win uh, because of narrative and a lot of MVP voters. You think his narrative is better than Harden's narrative? I think just because he's never won it before, um, because we've seen Harden dominate, not 36 points per game, but he had a similar season to what he did last year. Giannis is the up-and-coming new star who made the leap this year. I, could also I got five see, on it, so it's all right. Hard I could also wins. see the voters saying, you know, Giannis, you're, you'll have you're, your time, but right. we'll give it to Harden this year. I don't know. Because we'll, we'll Harden see. carried a team into the playoffs with one of the most insane scoring runs that we've ever witnessed. Don't yeah. you think – Do what, what do you think of, like, the supporting cast of Houston versus the supporting cast of Milwaukee? Like, I don't feel like the supporting cast of Milwaukee is necessarily even better Do you. Yes, I do. Um, and it's just the system that they're in is built much better around Giannis than the system in Houston, I guess, is built around Harden. Um, I don't think I don't that's really true. I mean, D'Antoni basically built the system in Houston for Harden in similar ways he did for Nash, right? Yeah, I guess so. But I just think, I don't know. It, I mean, the West is also harder than the East, but I do feel like the narrative of Harden dragging the team to the the playoffs is like, I mean... It's not even dragging. He didn't drag him to the playoffs. Like he... Players with no star, right? I mean, I don't know. Giannis doesn't have a second star on his team, and maybe you want to call Chris that, but I'd still rather have the other Chris. <laughs> it's fair. I don't know. I think it's really but after, But but I mean, after, you, after Chris Paul, what do you have? Oh, uh, I guess you have... Never mind. So, Kyle, do you feel like really strongly and hard and you think Giannis would be the wrong answer? 
And you think that that would be a poor choice, or? No, I don't think it would be a poor choice. I just think, you know, Harden is just—it's not like he's far and away the number one choice. I see both sides of the argument. I just think seeing what Harden did this year, and like you said, I think that's a big part of me leaning, staying away from Giannis is that narrative that he's, what, 24, and he still isn't completely developed as the type like player that we're going to see him be in the NBA. Like, just wait until next year when he comes back and he's hitting – three threes a game then he for sure wins the mvp yeah i just don't necessarily feel like i need to like i should be forced to wait on a player i think is already the best player you know yeah i don't think so either but i just think what harden did is when's the next time we're gonna see someone average 36 points a game i don't know yeah it's gonna be a while unless he doesn't again next year right right uh, it's gonna be a close race. I'm excited to see how that plays out. Seth, any final thoughts? Any parting jabs? None. Good. Let's move on then to defensive player of the year, which also is a little bit of a toss-up, I think. Um, I'll just go ahead. I have Giannis first, Gobert second, Paul George third. You could definitely talk me into Gobert. You could talk me into a lot of people. I can be. I, you know, I'm a weak man, devoid of any principles. So I could be talked into anything. Um, yeah, I went with Giannis just because I feel like often, and I said this before, but often the defensive player of the year goes to a rim-stopping uh, center. But I just feel like when push comes to shove in the playoffs or in an important game, they're going to put Gobert in a pick-and-roll, and I don't feel confident they can handle a ball handler on the switch. Whereas I feel more confident that Giannis is one of the maybe two or three players in the NBA who can cover all five positions substantially. And he... Uh, he averages a lot of steals and blocks, if that's what you're into. And I think that, you know, he anchors the league's best defense. So I gave the nod to Giannis. When's the last time someone won an MVP and a defensive player of the year? Jordan probably did that, right? I would guess. Kyle, look I it would, up. Seth, who do you have? I think so, too. I had those three. I put Gobert ahead of Giannis. But like you, I'm – could be swayed either way. I – Kind of like how you're talking about maybe the MVP should go to Harden because Giannis is going to win it the next 20 years. It's like maybe Gobert should get Defensive Player of the Year because he's not going to win anything else. Mm-hmm. So, Jordan like and Hakeem. Specialist. Hakeem. Hmm. Oh, the, only, Hakeem. the only two to ever win both in the same year. Kyle, I had the you- same, uh, same as you, Sam. Giannis, Gobert, George, that order. Cool. Same reasons you listed. Baby, I always knew you were my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go Rookie of the Year. Um, I think this one, although it's been maybe publicized as being close, isn't that close in my mind. But what are your thoughts, Kyle? I, uh, I am with you, I think. I have Doncic, Rookie of the Year, Trey at two. Really, three, I didn't really know what to do. Um, I thought maybe Jaron Jackson Jr., but it's like... It's three players, so... Not just three players. He showed good stuff, but at the same time, didn't really do a whole lot and couldn't stay out of foul trouble, so I don't know. 
I don't think it matters after the first two anyways. So Agreed. I just think <clears throat> what Dantas did and all his, you know, the dude's, what, 19 years old, triple doubles galore his first year in the NBA. Yeah, Trey had a very hot last month and a half of the season. In hot Atlanta, baby. Peace up, A-Town down. Am I right, Right, folks? right, exactly. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just think Dodgers right now is the more complete player. Yeah. Um, he's got the same step back three that Harden has. It's just beautiful to watch him play. It's majestic. Really fucking gets me going. Put the kids to bed. I... Uh, I have Dungeons in a landslide over Trey, but I think Trey's the for sure number two for me. Um, and I think that it's nice that that trade might work out well for both teams, the the pre-draft trade or the during the Watch draft. Watch out for Atlanta next year, bro. I'm telling oh, you. I'll be watching out for them. And I think I put Aiden at three just because he's had a solid – I mean, he's like 16 and 10, averaging a double-double, played most of the games. He's had a good season. It really doesn't seem like there are many swings and misses in the top five. I mean, this is a very deep rookie class, but I think Lucas separated himself from everyone else. Right. I agree with everything you both said. The only thing I would add is that I would have Bagley as the third spot had he not gotten injured. For sure. I agree with you 100%. The injury, though, really like dissuaded me. Yeah. Let's go to Coach of the Year. This is a tough one because, I don't know, I just feel like 10 different coaches could win it every year, and you could just go pop every year if you wanted to. Uh and this is especially the year where you might have gone pop since he propped up a Spurs team with not much talent to the seventh seed. That being said, he didn't even crack my top three. <laughs> <laughs> even though I listed him as the MVP for the Spurs. <laughs> but you know I have no principles. Uh, what's your list? I have my old friend, Doc Rivers, yeah. winning Coach of the Year. The fact that the Clippers traded their best player, and then got better is yeah. astounding to me. Right. So props to Doc for that. Um, I have Coach Bud as kind of the obvious choice, best coach or the coach on the team with the best record, big improvement from last year. Um, and then I think Nate McMillan for the Pacers should be mentioned as well for mm-hmm. what he's done post-Oladipo injury. And another one of those teams that is more than the sum of their parts. And Mm -hmm. so I think that oftentimes we need to recognize coaches who can do that with their teams. Yeah, I think that often the the coach of the year just goes to the best team. Uh, What I usually try to do when I vote on it, which uh, I don't, but (laughs) I guess I do. I usually try to go for... uh, a team that doesn't have as much talent outperforming their talent, right? So that kind of that led me to make Doc first because he really has no superstar or star even to speak of, and yet he led the Clippers to the eighth seed. Then I had to go Bud number two, even though he does have a star in team. Giannis, I think the team has still outperformed expectations, and just I guess anything would have been an improvement over Jason Kidd, but just the way he turned it around was really stark. In comparison, so and then three, I have Mike Malone uh, because I think that though the Nuggets have one star and Jokic, the rest of their team, you, uh, I don't see any of them as all stars. You know, because none of them made the All Star team. That's why I don't see any. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> They're but, the only team to but, improve their record 
Uh, I think it's like five years in a row now. Really? Uh, under Malone, yeah. However long he's been coach. Don't you think we've improved our record five podcasts in a row? Definitely. I think we're going downhill at this point. <laughs> we peaked. Uh, Kyle, what do you have? I have uh, Bud, my number one choice. You know, just the turnaround from what from last year, um, and then having the team, the number one to the number one team with the biggest point differential of any other team in the NBA. I think that's just huge. Um, he just did a perfect job, you know, building a team around a player, knowing exactly what that player needed and how to accommodate what he needs uh, to make him and the rest of the team better. Mm-hmm. So uh, Malone second, you know, I had to do it to him. Um, and then Doc seems like the very easy number three choice. That's why um, you're not with Doc. That's why I have him Doc slash David Yoger. Yeager? Yoger? Yeager? That would be Yeager. hilarious if Yeager won best coach. In There's the no way. I mean, they didn't make the they didn't make the playoffs, so they're not gonna, he's not going to win it. But, I mean, they did – they had, what, like 26 wins last year. He brought them to 39, and if Bagley doesn't get hurt – they're fighting for a playoff, like the seventh, eighth seed in the playoff, I would think. For yeah. sure, yeah. Yeah, so. he needs to get consideration because I think before the season, a lot of us thought they'd be one of the worst teams in the league. You know what's funny, actually? No one's talked about Nick Nurse for best coach of the year at all, right? But if he was in discussion, it could be between a doc and a nurse for coach of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and I would just, I'd love to see that. <laughs> All right, let's move on to most improved player, MIP. And not the MIP from earlier, though. Keep that in mind. So I'll just start because Seth's in shambles. I'll go with, uh, I'm going to go with your boy. We all know him. We all love him. Pascal Siakam. I mean, last year was kind of like, boy, this guy really just has a lot of energy. He really runs it up, up, up and down the court, and he just brings a lot of things to the table energy-wise. And that was kind of it. But this year, he's a legit stopper on defense and offensive star in the making he already is a star basically and the leaf he's taken has been astounding and that spin moves unstoppable you know we love that maybe when he just spins around the thunder i'm getting no feedback from seth but i'm looking (laughs) i know he agrees with me and (laughs) number two i have d'angelo who obviously we know all about him he was bemoaned in the lakers as just not being good enough and he's taken the nets to the playoffs this year and was an all-star Third, I have De'Aaron Fox. I thought about, I really thought hard about a couple of people for this. Um, I thought hard about my boy Bucci down in Orlando. But De'Aaron just made a leap that we kind of didn't expect, although you do expect players to improve in their second year. It's not quite like this. He's added so much to his game. He's gotten to be a better passer and manipulator of defenses off the pick and roll. And he's gotten to be a knockdown three-point shooter even off the dribble. He's just become an incredible player. And I'm really excited to see how he keeps improving in years, years past from now. Years past, years forward, days of future past, <laughs> X-Men. Years, years to come. Of course. Come. Kyle, what's your list? Uh, I had, you know, I had to put my Stogie Boy up there for a while. This entire list is Stogie Boy, surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe unsurprisingly, I don't know. Um, up there, though, in my heart, D'Angelo Russell. Um, just, you know... The improvement, obviously, that he's had. He, I think he's added like 
what is it, five to six points per game uh, from last year, two to two and a half assists per game from last year. Um, and just the way he plays and reads a defense now and the pick and rolls that he's able to run with Jared Allen. Um, and uh, he's just number one for me. Uh, Siakam, a very close second due to everything that you said. Um, and number three, I have someone listed here, but I was thinking about it just when you were talking, and I think I'm going to change it. Originally, I had Buddy Heald. Mm. Understandable. Uh, originally, I also thought maybe Marcus Smart. Mm. Highest three-point percentage of his career. You know, he was just a, he was a big part of that Celtics team. But my number three, and I'm sticking with him now, Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a pro. I think it's just a product of you know Wall being out and him forced being forced to be the number one. But the way he ran that offense this year, you know, with a pretty ragtag group of guys around him, um, putting up huge numbers on a nightly basis, like you know, I think it really proved that if a team wanted to go at him to make him their number one they know that they can have a number one in in Bradley Beal, you know? Yeah, I think it's interesting. Most improved players kind of vague on what the criteria is. And it's interesting we don't talk about players like Giannis for most improved player, where he's ascended from a star to the best player in the league in some eyes. Or like Paul George, who was a great player but was an MVP candidate this year. We seem to only reserve it for young players or players who right. are not stars, right, but have turned from, like, a role player into kind of a star. That seems to be the—it's interesting that it just kind of turned into that when there's really a loose criteria for it. Mm-hmm. Well, Giannis will get enough awards, so we can say this. For other yeah, it's not the only thing that's loose. <laughs> Put the kids, Put the kids to, bed, to bed, I swear to God. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go with Pascal for this one. I— had um, Fox and Booch as my next two, but I think I'll probably switch in D'Angelo for Booch because uh, in the second half of the season, I think Russell has shown a little bit more. Um, but yeah, Sam, you talked a little bit about Pascal. I think um, he's catapulted the Raptors up to top team in the East up with the Bucks, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for keeping the Raptors afloat in all of those games when Kawhi was resting. So, I'm going to go with Siakam there. I love every part of that, and I love you. Will you marry me? <laughs> love you too, man. <laughs> uh, Alright. Sixth man of the year. This is the last one, boys. Power through. Seth, I want you to start, and I want you to fart. What's your list at three? <laughs> I'm going to have Lou Williams as my sixth man of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I really don't know who my other two are. I might just say Montrez Harrell as well, even though I guess he'd be the seventh man on their team. Right. Um, Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about it that way, yeah. Iggy is always in the conversation. Um, I know other people have mentioned He's a finals MVP. Don't even get me started about the Finals MVP. <laughs> Some people mentioned Gordon. I wouldn't put him there yet. 
maybe if you just took the last two weeks of the season. Um, yeah, I don't really know. I think Lou's got it pretty well in hand. For sure. Kyle? Yeah, Lou, sweet Lou. Uh, Runner-up, I had uh, Sabonis, and then... Oh, yeah, I like Sabonis. I would, I'd, I'd do that. Then I had Harrell at three. Montrezl, Harrell. Yeah, uh, Lou is averaging 20 points in 26 minutes. Uh, and is that good? good? I mean, it's not great, but I'll still pick him. Um, I have Montrez second, which I didn't even think about that. That is kind of crazy. That I wonder if that's ever happened from the same team. Um, and then third, I have Sabonis as well, who is the registered Stogie boy in 49 states. I forgot about Sabonis. I like Minus Alaska. <laughs> Why would he be registered in Alaska? That's just foolish. <laughs> Alaska's canceled. Uh, any any parting words for our fans or for the nation as a whole? My groin hurts. And I don't know why. Hanging out with LeBron too much. Oh, good one. What do you mean by that, though? No, oh, he has a hurt groin, which was because of making love to me too hard. I, <laughs> I secretly, so- I, I brought LeBron back into my bed chambers. I told him I missed him. But it was all a ploy to sabotage the Lakers season. Holy so shit. I'm surprised we didn't talk about Dirk or Wade at all on this. I actually did want to mention them as a case. I have but... something to say as well. Okay. About oh. Dirk and Wade. But you okay. can well, I was just going to say I'm really going to miss them. And like watching the highlights of their last few games and seeing all the send-offs really got me. I'll admit I was emotional. I'll say it. Right. I'm an emotional man. As was I. Dirk Nowitzki is one of my all-time favorite players. Honestly, Wade, I've always been very fond of Dwayne as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dirk has a special place, a soft spot in my heart, if you will, which my heart is entirely mushed at this point. <laughs> However, I've been to Dirk Nowitzki's driveway. Right. I also, just listening to Bill Simmons, still... After 21 years in the NBA, calling him Nowitzki is outrageous to me. I know Bill has this thing where he can't pronounce players' names. Right. But I don't understand how people can't get it in their heads that a W in German makes a V sound in English. It's, well, not everyone's been in his driveway, so they don't truly feel right. the power. But, it says on his mailbox it actually has a V there, so that's the only reason you know. Oh my god, we've lost him. And he was mid-rant too, which makes it ever more sweet that he got frozen on Skype. Kyle, tell me, just finish this off with some with some Dirk and Wade talk, please. Yeah, uh, so Seth gets to talk about W's and V's. Um, I would never once in his entire career spell Dwayne Wade's first name right, <laughs> considering I believe it's D-Y-W, right? A-N-E. No, I don't think so. It's D-W-Y. A N E. Who the hell does that? That's Dwane. <laughs> it's pretty common, but I'm not really but sure. If it didn't spell it like that, we would have never had the Kanye, Shanye, Dwane, and the boys. The boys uh, have to be mentioned. The boys um, playlist, you know, back in the day. So shout that out to D-Wade. He said his power is out. His microphone is dead. He can't do his hotspot. He might, he might be naked. I'm not sure. <laughs> we'll never know. All right. Well, Kyle, just tell me about the third, uh, the third day what happened, and I'll be satisfied. It's coming up soon here. You'll all find out. Y'all better get your asses to mask, because on the third day, he rose again. Very nice. Thank you.